So good morning. Thank you for joining this morning. Practice of being aware of awareness. Uh, I don't have any bells this morning, so I'll just let you know that we're about to begin and then I'll indicate when it's midway through. And then when we're at the end, which will be an hour from now. So perhaps we just invite in some deep breaths. Just kind of watch as the air comes right in and then down the throat into the chest. Maybe even having the belly come out a little bit to take a full, full breath. And then as we exhale, we could just watch. Watch as the body does its thing. And it always seems to bring even more relaxation to me if I do that three-part breathing where I bring the air into my belly and then a little more into my chest. And then that little bit that's left kind of fills up up to the kind of the, to the collarbones. And then just let it go. If the mind is, is busy, it's usually helpful to me if I can do that three-part breathing. With the belly and then the chest and then up into the collarbones. And then I just look for that little pause. Everything that expands contracts. Right before it does, there's this little turnaround. So a moment, the breath's not either coming in nor out. And the same little pause is available to be inhabited after the exhale is complete. So we are there with the inhale. We are there with the pause. We are there with the exhale. We are there with the pause. So it goes.
And what I notice is that at some point, the breath just kind of returns to its natural rhythm. I, I, I don't necessarily like intend to let go of that intentional breathing, but attention just seems at some point just slide off. We can notice that. We can invite attention to rest inwardly. And as I do that, there's a natural curiosity about what's, what's here. So I'm kind of scanning the body first. There might be a sense of heaviness, like a denseness. Some mornings it's a sense of lightness, almost expansiveness like something's thinning out perceptually. So we can kind of just begin to orient. Where am I? What's happening? And what is attention being drawn to? What is being felt and where is it being felt? Just allow the flashlight of our attention to shine right on it. Whatever's here, whatever's present in awareness. Can we meet whatever's here with openness and curiosity? As if this is the first time 
as if even feelings in the body can be tiny little perfect things. Can we bring special attention to that which mind does not consider perfect? Can we let go of the labels and what may be perhaps embedded judgments? And instead, just sink right into the energy that's here. They say emotion is energy in motion. By whatever name can we check out whatever energy is moving within us. Can we just fall down, fall in, fall back, and get in touch with our intention to let this energy complete itself while we watch, while we notice, while we witness, while we lend it our presence, our light, our awareness.
So as we continually invite attention to rest inwardly, we can notice that despite that intention and that invitation, that sometimes attention goes out, right? Sometimes it goes up to thought, maybe out to a sound, the environment, Maybe down into a feeling. Maybe there's you know some discomfort, some pain this morning making its way through. But notice that you notice that. You notice the roaming, roving, probing arm of awareness go out, go up, go down. You don't go out, up or down. Attention does. You're what sees that. You're what knows that. Or that you are the noticer, not what is noticed. The what is noticed is the object. And the noticer is you. Awareness. 
the subject. And the only time suffering ever happens is when that's forgotten. When there's imagination about what we are, when there's forgetting I mean, we can't be the object. We watch objects come and go all day long, every day. We don't have an experience of ourselves as coming and going. It's just not our experience. It's not what we know to be true. We know we are always right here. We are the eternal subject in a world of the 10,000 things of objects, which of course include perhaps most prominently thoughts that arise, the feelings that accompany them, and then the perception or the narrative that it gets woven. We are meaning makers in the sense that something within us is constantly, (laughs) it's like a, a narrator in a story. Something's constantly telling us what it means, what we should do, what they should do. So the meaning making happens. But we are the ultimate meaning maker in that No meaning is accurate. It's all just temporary experiences seen by the permanent subject, consciousness. Can we notice the sound of the car arises to us, awareness, consciousness, the innate noticing? A car is gone. I don't know if you could hear that. They just zoomed down. And we're still here. We're always here.
we can notice when a thought arises in the mind, right? Just kind of blips through the sky of our awareness. How do we know that? Who knows that? To what does that arise? Thoughts cannot think themselves. Thoughts have no independent power. Thoughts are dependent on a noticer of them. There are no thoughts independent of a noticer. It just doesn't work like that.
So every thought, no matter what the content, presents an opportunity to confirm what sees it, what knows it, what notices it. And the moment that it is noticed, we are the noticer. Attention has returned to inward focus. Attention is resting inwardly. Many, many thought forms. One noticer. We don't even have to wait for a thought to confirm that. What, what knows the body's sitting the way it is? How is that known? To what does that knowing arise? What notices that? Can we invite attention to rest inwardly? So the last several days we've been contemplating this small little pamphlet, Who Am I? Ramana Maharshi. <clears throat> but before I do that, I'll let you know we are midway through. So Ramana is asked, what is the nature of the mind? 
his answer is what is called mind is a wondrous power residing in the self, capital S self. So what is called mind is a wondrous power residing in the self. It causes all thoughts to arise. Apart from thoughts, there is no such thing as mind. So we notice a thought that comes and we say, okay, that, that came from mind, right? We can have a sense of a direct experience of mind. Maybe we just wait a moment for a thought to arise. Confirm for ourselves that we're kind of making direct contact with what we call mind. And if, if like total distraction happens, we can notice that attention was just literally carried off. There wasn't even a sense of thoughts or mind. There was a sense of not even being present to this inquiry. And if that's what happened, it's a very helpful scene. But that just happens. That's a happening. <laughs> And the moment we are to catch it, we catch it. And when it is caught, we are back. No need for more thoughts about that. If more thoughts come, fine. But we're back. It was all noticed. So again, Raman is asked, what is the nature of the mind? And his answer is, what is called mind? is a wondrous power residing in the self. It causes all thoughts to arise. Apart from thoughts, there is no such thing as mind. Therefore, thought is the nature of mind. So perhaps we stop there 
and see if when there are no thoughts, if we can find any sense of mind. And let me ask you this, without a thought, can you find the sense of a you, of a fill in your name, of a person? So you can get to that gap between thoughts Can you look at your direct experience? And can you describe to yourself what you find? Words like open, spacious, alive, silent, still, peace drenched, ease, So again, we're looking at the fact that when thoughts are present, there's a sense of mind. We can confirm that in our direct experience. We can point to this thing, this arising, this energy, this object in consciousness called thoughts, called mind. And when they are not present, There's nothing to point to. There's no sense of mind. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a concept that can still be present, but there's no activity. There's no object we can point to. There's no thing.
And if we can get a glimpse of this, it's a super helpful scene. Can we confirm that mind is actually not constant? There may be periods when it's noticed to be coming rapidly and continuously, but that it is not actually constant. That there are gaps, no matter how brief. It's like the car going by on the road. I know it when it's coming. I know it when it's passing. I know it when it's receding. But I'm still here when the car is gone. And then when the car is gone, the car is just a concept. Car is just a memory. There is no car in my direct experience. There is no road in my direct experience. I can go to mind and think about it. But it's not here. So it is with thoughts. See the beginning of the thought, you can feel it when it's doing its thing, and then it goes away. And then at that point, the question is, has attention been captured by thoughts? And then they have more and more thoughts. Sina illustrated that yesterday beautifully in her homily. Thoughts, she calls them cousins. Thoughts had lots of other little associated thoughts, related thoughts. It's like, like there's like the, the Gladys night of thoughts and then here comes the pips and there's like way more than three. And they are doing some badass echoing of the main thrust of the song. But as Gladys fades and the pips just kind of peak and then dissolve, 
when no one is singing. We are there. We are the noticer of the object just as much as we are the noticer of the absence of the object. Give this another go. What is the nature of mind? Ramana Maharshi is asked, and his answer is, what is called mind is a wondrous power residing in the self. It causes all thoughts to arise. Apart from thoughts, there is no such thing as mind. Therefore, Thought is the nature of mind. Apart from thoughts, there is no independent entity called the world. In deep sleep, there are no thoughts and there is no world. In the states of waking and dream, there are thoughts and there is a world also. Could we just take a moment and reflect back whether that's true in our experience, that in states of waking, which we've just looked at, but in states of dream, there are thoughts. Well, what else would a dream be? What is a dream? But thoughts streaming through getting continuous attention and the attention that just goes to those thoughts builds a dream world. Same way the light goes through the, the film and builds a movie. The noticer is noticing, even in dreams. How else would we know there was a dream? So in deep sleep, there are no thoughts. There is no world. 
in the states of waking and dream, there are thoughts. There is a world also. Just as the spider emits the thread of the web out of itself and again withdraws it into itself. Likewise, the mind projects the world out of itself and again resolves it into itself. When the mind comes out of the self, capital S, the world appears. Therefore, when the world appears to be real, the self does not appear. And when the self appears, shines, the world does not appear. When one persistently inquires into the nature of the mind, the mind will end leaving the self. So when one persistently inquires into the nature of the mind, the mind will end leaving the self. So that would look like something as simple as, like I can hear the mower of the golf course off in the distance, but how, what, what knows that? To what does that arise? What notices that? And that attention does a U-turn back in to notice the indwelling aliveness, intelligence, awareness. The noticer, which is actually the act of noticing. And what is that? What is that that notices? Can we just keep attention inward? Just allow that attention to fall back. When we do that, the mower, the idea of a mower and a golf course in a world falls away, it, it dims, it recedes. And what's in the foreground now is that which sees it, that which knows it. The noticing, the indwelling consciousness. that is forever conscious, 
even in dreams.
just as the spider emits the thread of the web out of itself and again withdraws it into itself. Likewise, the mind projects the world out of itself and again resolves it into itself. When the mind comes out of the self, the world appears. Therefore, when the world appears to be real, the self does not appear. And when the self appears, when the self shines, the world does not appear. When one persistently inquires into the nature of the mind, the mind will end leaving the self. What is referred to as the self is the Atman. The mind always exists only in dependence on something gross. It cannot stay alone. It is the mind that is called the subtle body. So the mind always exists only in dependence on something gross. It cannot stay alone. So by continually turning attention back to what sees that, what knows that, what notices, We allow the mind, the nature of which is thought, to be that web that goes back into the spider. We watch the web go out. We invite attention to rest inwardly. And we watch as it all gets retracted back in, into the noticer, awareness, consciousness, the self, the Atman. Thank <laughs> you.
And this indicates we are at the end of the hour. <laughs>